Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. This is episode 250, and we are taking a look at eschatology, or biblical prophecy, in the early church fathers, and today we are looking at St. Cyprian's eschatology. C.S. Lewis, I believe it was in his book, The Screwtape Letters, uh, kind of giving a insight into how a demon could tempt a new Christian. He was told that if the Christian was trying to get on a horse, an image of trying to get online as a faithful disciple of Christ, do all in your power to hold him back from getting on the horse. But if you see he is intent on getting on that horse, well, do indeed help him, but in the process, push him all the way over to the other side. Probably one of the more difficult things in Christianity, in life in general, and in biblical prophecy in particular, balance is so critical. And one of the things we're going to see today is that St. Cyprian had what I'm terming an overly anticipated eschatology, okay? And let's first look at this man, because he was a good man. I want to establish that. On September 13th, 258, we have a lot of records on St. Cyprian, including the end of his life. He was a martyr and a lot of his writings. Uh, he was imprisoned on September 13th, 258. His trial was the next day, and we have a preserved record of his trial. Uh, the judge said, are you Cyprian? I am. And the judge goes, the most sacred emperors have commanded you to conform to the Roman rites. And Cyprian says, I refuse. So the judge, after conferring with his counsel, said the following, you have long lived an irreligious life and have drawn together a number of men bound by an unlawful association and professed yourself an open enemy to the gods and to the religion of Rome and the pious, most sacred and august emperors. We have endeavored in vain to bring you back to conformity with their religious observances. Whereas therefore you have been apprehended as principal and ringleader in these infamous crimes, you shall be made an example, and the law will be ratified in your blood. And the sentence was of the court that Cyprian would be executed with the sword. He replied, thanks be to God. And the execution was carried out immediately. A vast crowd followed Cyprian to his execution. He, uh, without being uh, manhandled, very calmly removed his garments, knelt down and prayed, blindfolded himself, and he was beheaded. Now, it's very easy to go overboard one way or the other when it comes to eschatology. You can kind of sleep through Advent sermons and, you know, keep it kind of abstract and no real striking reality of Christ's second coming, or you can kind of go flip to the other side, kind of a rapture fever, uh, taking a little too much, a little too far. But let's just say if a pope, your pope at the time, 
had his head cut off with a sword, or even more uh, locally, uh, your bishop had his head cut off with a sword, or your favorite EWTN host had his head lopped off. It would be very tempting for you to jump to an over, overly anticipated eschatology, thinking, wow, with this persecution, the end has to be near. And again, just because there's persecution breaking out, that by itself doesn't indicate the end of the world because St. Cyprian was executed September 14th, A.D. 258. That was a long time ago, and it wasn't the end of the world. But here is St. Cyprian's eschatology, and this is from the Anti-Nicene Church Fathers, Volume 5, and he said this, "'Nor let it disturb you, dearest brethren, if with some in these last times an uncertain faith is wavering. Oh, there's a lot of falling away, and there's a lot of concern today because there's a lot of uh, wavering faith in the Catholic Church and Protestant churches today. But he goes on to say, these things have been foretold as about to happen in the end of the world. It was predicted by the voice of the Lord, by the testimony of the apostles, that now that the world is failing and the Antichrist is drawing near, everything good shall fail, but evil and adverse things shall prosper. And again, this was A.D. 50. He goes on, although in these last times, evangelistic vigor has not so failed in the church of God. And he goes on to say, you know, even though things aren't looking good, that People are wavering in their faith, but there's still uh, good believers. There's still good priests. And then he uses the example of the Maccabees, Elijah, and Daniel standing up in the face of persecution, even though they are in the last times, according to Cyprian. He goes, wars arise more frequently, that plague and famines rage, and that long droughts are suspending the showers and the rains. So there's problems in the church. There's problems with some priests in the church. There's problems in the Roman Empire. And by the way, one this persecution that broke out that St. Cyprian was the one receiving this, and eight of his followers, by the way, were, were martyrs shortly after him. There had been a lull in persecution. In the Roman Empire, there were 10 major waves of persecution that came through the church in the first three centuries. And because there had been a lull and then the persecutions fired up again, it's very easy with persecution, I mean, talking about severe persecutions, not like somebody looking at you sideways for saying grace before a meal, but I'm talking about somebody wanting to lop your head off because you're not conforming to a new world order religion or something. And there was a lull, and then the persecutions were back. That would have the tendency, even in a good man like St. Cyprian, to have him conclude that this is the end. Next thing on world history is the Antichrist appearance. And again, 
we read in the book of Revelation, particularly the seals, uh, wars arise more frequently, that there's plagues and famine and long droughts. And uh, we covered all this in the book of Revelation. We covered this when we looked at Hippolytus. He said the same thing, but now Cyprian was seeing wars, plagues, famines, droughts, the falling away or wavering of the church. And then he looks at nature. He goes, the world is now announcing and bearing witness to its decline by the testimony of its falling estate. In the winter, there's not such an abundance of showers for nourishing seeds. In the summer, the sun has not so much heat for cherishing the harvest. It wasn't global warming, but it was global cooling. And I don't know when the second law of thermodynamics was established, but he kind of held it in a sense. He goes, whatever is tending downwards to decay with its end nearly approaching. And he talks about trees are no longer nice and green and fertile. Their branches are drying up. Uh, The sun and the moon aren't functioning as the way they should be. And to him, all these things in in the nature world, in the civil world, uh, were all signs of an approaching end. He goes on, moreover, wars shall continue frequently to prevail, and that death and famine accumulate anxiety, and that health is shattered by raging diseases. Now, uh, imagine if our world, let's just say even in the next two or three years, that all these hypersonic missiles that China and Russia are developing, we get ourselves in a real serious world war, okay? That's going on. And then you have a widespread plague. Health is shattered by raging diseases. Imagine that the coronavirus 19 becomes a coronavirus 21 or 22, and what? All that accumulates anxiety, and then you're having food shortages. Uh, Look at the markets. There's a lot of bare shelves. So you see all this, and you start thinking, what could this be but the end? And he goes on to say, know that this was foretold, that evil shall be multiplied in the last times. And that is true. They will be multiplied in the last times. And that the day of judgment is now drawing near. It would have been better to say it could be that the day of judgment is drawing near. In other words, a number of these signs that we've seen in the many episodes we've had in Luke 21 and biblical prophecy, they were lining up in his day. Think of it. In the church, in the society, the civil government, health, uh, there was a plague going on, wars, the weather was acting up, and it's, it's going on, it seems, everywhere. And this is where we need to have great caution not to go overboard um, and make definitive statements about the final end declared in prophecy. Uh, St. Cyprian went overboard, and he was a good man, a great church father. He was a saint and martyr. And in our day, 
good men like uh, Archbishop Vagano has at least I've seen two times made mention that the restrainer uh, that holds back the great apostasy in Second Thessalonians 2 could be about to be released or is going to be released or something in contemporary history is being released. And it's okay to say this could be that because personally, I believe uh, a restrainer has been lifted, but it was a lot longer than most people talking about the restrainer thing. They think, oh, it's about to happen. I think it's been around for 100 years. But I, that's what I think. I think there's evidence for that. But you have to be cautious because if I am right that what Leo XIII uh, warned about and composed the prayer to St. Michael, maybe what Fatima is about, things that transpired in the 20th century and world wars and such like that, um, my point being the restrainer could have been let loose for almost a century or at least a century. And this has gone on for quite a while and the end has not come. So you need to be cautious, even if we are in the end times, about saying, you know, Antichrist is right around the corner, the end is around the corner, the end has arrived. You can't say that. You have to be cautious. So on the one hand, don't let your guard down. Don't sleep during Advent. Watch, pray, and stay alert. Don't freak out, but don't go to sleep. I'm Steve Wood, your host. I'm your trying to stay balanced host, and you've been listening to episode 250 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at Luke. 21.com